Well, hey, hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 104. And why do I sound so excited today? Well, I usually, people always say to me, Scott, why do you sound so excited all the time? Are you always excited? And for the most part, I am. I'm just high strung, I guess. I mean, it's just my nature in anything, whether I'm doing sports, whether I'm uh, at my kids, at my kids' sporting events or Whatever, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty hyped up most of the time. But today I'm really, really pumped up because I'm going to share with you another case study. I love doing these and you guys love them because you tell me you do. You send me emails, you comment on the blog, all of that stuff and on the Facebook group. And uh, this one here, again, is another great story. It's going to walk you through exactly how Scott Thomas did this from nothing, how he went from zero to 36, over $36,000 in three and a half weeks, and then he ran out of inventory, how he plans on moving forward with this product line and all of this good stuff. And uh, I'm really, really excited because he goes through all of the details in this interview. Now, before we jump into that interview, what I wanted to do also is give a little shout out. I'm trying to do more of these shout outs because the Facebook group, the community is just awesome. And I want to give credit where credit is due. And, you know, highlighting the people in there that are just rocking it, right? That are going out there, taking action and doing good things. Well, Ebony McClary, okay, let me talk a little bit about Ebony. Ebony was actually um, at the meetup that I did. There was four people at this meetup, by the way. And uh, uh, it basically was just them knowing that I was in North Carolina, South Carolina area and asked if I would uh, stop by a coffee shop. And I said, yeah, sure, why not? We actually did a Periscope on that, and I'll actually link up in the show notes to that if you want to actually see that roundtable discussion of us talking for about 25, 30 minutes. But Ebony was there. She didn't have her product launched yet, but she was about to. And uh, she posted a picture inside the Facebook group of her standing next to a pile of boxes of her first shipment. The other thing I want to point out that she's wearing is, I said wearing, is a T-shirt. And the t-shirt is the Amazing Seller t-shirt. And by the way, Ebony, you look awesome in it, by the way. Uh, It looks really, really good. Brody looks great. Uh, But uh, if you guys have not seen the t-shirt and you wanted to check that out, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash shirt. And if you wanted to pick one of those up, you could. And all of the proceeds go to a really, really great cause and a charity. And you can see all the details on that page as well. But the shirt looks amazing on Ebony. Ebony. Also, I wanted to say congratulations because you did it, right? You got to this point. And I also want to point out that the response inside the TAS Facebook community has been off the charts. This was posted 13 hours ago from the time that I'm recording this podcast, and she's received 363 likes on her comment or on her post rather, and over 40 comments. Unbelievable, right? That's the power of community. So, congratulations to Ebony awesome job. And I just want to give a shout out to everyone that is uh, that is so active in the community, helping each other and just motivating each other, inspiring each other. It, it's exactly what we want the community to do. So awesome, awesome job. All right. So I'm going to stop talking now. We're going to go ahead and listen to the interview with Scott Thomas. He's going to take us through the exact steps that he took from the time that he got started to the time that he launched and now running out of inventory and what he's going to do in the future to uh, hopefully not run out of inventory. Oh yeah. And one other thing he does point out one thing that he did that actually prevented him from making a huge, huge mistake. So you're definitely going to want to pay attention here. So enjoy the interview. All right. Well, hey, Scott, thank you so much for uh, stopping by and hanging out with us today uh, on the Amazing Seller Podcast. 
No problem, man. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, awesome. I'm really excited to uh, to share your story with uh, you know the listeners because you've kind of been a listener, but then you've recently joined the class, and and he- here we are. I mean, you're you're getting sales, and um, I think people just love to hear the initial stages, but then actually when you start making sales. So that's kind of what I want to do is get to that point. But maybe before we get to that point, why don't you give us a little bit of a background as far as like where you came from and kind of how you, you know, kind of thought about jumping into this Amazon FBA thing. And then we can kind of lead them through the whole launch process and kind of like where you are now. Sure. No problem. So, you know, I've been in e-commerce for a long time, since about 2002. I I started a company with a partner, and we actually sold air guns and uh, air gun accessories, you know, BB and pellet guns, and did that for 10 years. And we sold on Amazon during that time as well. And so, you know, I was familiar with Amazon, but, you know, like Amazon was a four letter word to us because we were always competing against them. They were always lowering their prices. And you had a million other sellers on, on our same SKUs that really didn't care about profit margin. So it was getting really hard to compete on that level. And we actually ended up selling that business to a competitor who you know, had been trying to buy us out for several years. And they made us an offer that we felt was a, a good and fair offer and, and sold the company. And uh, I worked for them for a couple of years, which was really long and <laughs> and treacherous because I was working for the man when I was used to being the man. You know what I mean? I hear you, man. <laughs> and and uh, it was, it, they were a good company to work for. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't anything, you know, that they were doing. It was just, you know, that was my baby. And now I was working for somebody else, you know, making somebody else money rather than focusing on, on my entrepreneurial goals. And that was kind of part of the contract, you know, that I had to stay on and transition you know, the business with them for a couple of years. And so I finally uh, quit that job in uh, May. And, you know, I was looking for things to do. And I, you know, I always said, if I'm ever going to be in e-commerce again, I'm going to have my own SKUs. I'm going to have my own brand. I'm going to be able to control, you know, the buy box on Amazon and not have a million people on my listing and I'm going to be able to control the profit margins. And, and so I started looking around, you know, and I came across the, you know, like a lot of people do that ASM course, that's four or $5,000. And, you know, I was like, I'm not going to pay that. And I, I just stumbled across your podcast and this was pretty early on. I think you're only a few episodes into it oh, wow. You know, when I found it and the light bulb just went on for me. You know, it was like I couldn't see the forest through the trees when I was in my other company because I was always fighting against Amazon and, and you know, was, was always battling them on price and trying to figure out how to compete, which you can't, you know. It's mm-hmm. just so hard to compete with Amazon because of the volume they do. And, and you know, with air guns, I couldn't even do FBA. They would not allow air guns to be sold via FBA. So I was at disadvantage from the get-go. But, you know, listening to your podcast really opened my eyes on on how to focus on Amazon because Amazon was always a secondary sales channel for us. You know, our e-commerce site, you know, we, we had between ten and 15,000 unique visitors a day and most of our business came through our e-commerce website. Wow. And that slowly shifted Amazon's, you know, they're really, you got to be on Amazon. And so, you know, they're focusing attention on, on Amazon and, and they're using repricers and stuff to try to win the buy box and get sales off Amazon as well. But anyways, I 
that kind of led me to start looking for products, start learning how to source in China, you know, using, I found Jungle Scout pretty early on, emailed Greg back and forth a few times and kind of asked him about his experiences. And, and Greg's a, a great guy. I really like Greg and kind of ended up with a plan. And my brother had quit his job because they got bought out and he was sick of being, he was in lead gen and he was sick of being in lead gen. And, and so we joined forces together and, and decided to start this Amazon business. Wow. That's awesome. So you had, you had some good uniques there going. I mean, you had some, you had some good traffic going to the, your e-commerce then. Yeah. You know, we, we really, you know, they, there's this website still doing well and you know, we actually did get hit by a Google manual penalty and luckily it didn't wipe us out. You know, that's one thing that's really nerve wracking. Even with Amazon is somebody else can flip that light switch on or off in an instant, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, it was pretty, pretty scary with Google. Luckily we were able to resolve the manual penalty and, and still, still have, you know, quite a bit of, of good traffic. So then basically you have your e-commerce and everything and that's all cool and everything. And, you know, obviously, like you just said, I mean, if you're banking on Amazon or if you're banking on, uh, you know, Google, there's always that chance. There's always that little self-doubt. So I guess the best lesson here for anyone walking away from this is, you know, yeah, you can start in one channel, but then you should probably do an external channel or add another channel to it. I mean, would you agree? Yeah, definitely. And that's something we've done from the beginning. I mean, before we even launched our product, we built a website on Shopify. And it's really easy to do. You can buy a good template that's responsive. And if you buy a good template on Shopify, you know, you can do most, most of the designing yourself and just hire a designer for a logo and, you know, some banners or whatever you need. But the Shopify site was really simple to set up and and it has an FBA integration, and we've actually already had several orders come through our website, which you know we haven't even been driving traffic to the site. We've been doing social media, Twitter, Instagram, stuff like that. But it's, what it, what it does is it validates your brand as well. So you have somebody looking, especially on a higher priced item. You know, you have somebody looking on Amazon, and they're going to go check you out. They're going to go check you out on the web. They're going to see your website, and if you have a good brand presence outside of Amazon, I think it only helps your sales. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, it's a total, total good point. And I just think in, in the beginning, some people, they get overwhelmed. So that's why I yeah. kind of always tell people like, listen, start here and then, you know, go over here. Obviously you've had some experience with e-commerce and all that stuff, but maybe we can dig into that a little bit. But before we do that though, let's kind of take people through the process, right? So you, you've got, you know, you got us caught up to that point, but now, okay, do you go into products that you're familiar with or do you just start doing research just kind of blind again and then maybe using Jungle Scout or a research tool and then start getting ideas of the brand you want to start to build? Yeah, so we we kind of used your advice. I think on one of your podcasts, you know, you said make a touch list of everything you use. And so, you know, my brother and I did that. We we found a product that looked good with, and we researched it on Jungle Scout. And, you know, we were going to start with that product and we wanted to make some modifications, make it better. So we started contacting people in China. And if you're going to modify a product, it takes longer. Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, we had to have a mold created and just there's so many details that you have to worry about. And going through that process, you know, we had this product that we launched now kind of on the back burner because the data didn't look quite as good. It was a little bit more risky. It was a higher price point. And, you know, I just didn't know exactly how well it was going to sell. But we're like, man, this is taking so long. And we were so antsy. We just wanted to get a product up. 
Mm-hmm. And so we're just like, let's, let's pull the trigger on this product. Let's get some in. Let's just start selling. And we didn't have to make any modifications to this one, but it fit within our overall brand picture. Sure. And so we, you know, we placed an order, got them in, and uh, we had them shipped to us first. Luckily, we did because the supplier screwed up all the barcodes. We have oh, six, boy. We have six variations. You know, we have, we have colors and sizes. And I gave them a PDF of all the barcodes. You know, they printed out the first page and stuck that barcode on everything. Oh, boy. And so, you know, you that's the last time I will ever let something leave China without a third-party inspection, I think. Mm-hmm. So we spent like two days taking everything out, you know, making sure it was right, getting new barcodes printed, new poly bags, bagged everything up, stickered it again. And, you know, then we found another issue that they sent a slightly different model and they called it their new and improved version. Like you don't, and they said, you don't like her new and improved version? I'm like, it doesn't go together. One piece, <laughs> one piece didn't fit. Oh, man. <laughs> and so I'm like, sure, I like it if it works, but it doesn't work. And that's not what I asked for. But luckily, it ended up being a pretty easy fix. They just next day or, or they expressed some a certain part that we used gotcha, to fix it. Gotcha. So well, it ended up not being a big deal, just a lot of labor. For yeah. Us. But again, I think that that's a great learning, uh, yeah. you know, tip here for people. And I've said this before. I mean, so many people are in a rush and they don't want to go with that one step because they want to save either a little bit of money on the unit cost or they want to, you know, go ahead and say, you know, I just want to get it there. Right. Um, and in your case, it, it worked out because you that would have been a huge deal. Uh, yeah. Had that if hit, we would have sent know. a direct, oh, there would have been major problems. Yeah, there would have been problems. And I've heard even stories of people saying that once they you ship in products that have like those those labeling problems, they could li- literally like shut your listing down or even your account just to kind of until you get things like right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, definitely. I think that's a good tip for people listening. Don't be that impatient. I mean, yeah, I want you to get product to, to market as soon as possible, but that's one step that you got to kind of, you know, you got to think about. Now, if you don't only have one item and you don't have a bunch of variations, maybe you can kind of skip that if you want to. But in your case, you did have a lot of like different variables in that. Right. Yeah. And a third party inspection would have caught that because I had even on the PI, the pro forma invoice, yep. I had all of the barcodes, you know, laid out saying this goes on this, this goes on this, this goes on this. And I'm like, how did you guys miss this? Mm. Like, I, I couldn't have spelled it out any clearer. Wow. Wow. And so the supplier worked with us, you know, they gave us some credits and obviously they didn't pay for my time to do it. But right. They, but hey, it's a it's it's something that got fixed, and right. here you are. Um, so this actually wasn't your main product. No, this was this was a product we had in the pipeline, and and because it takes so long to source and and develop products, and we think long term, people that are going to win on Amazon or are going to be people who have developed a good brand, have a good brand story, and have differentiated products. Sure. And so, you know. This this was happened to be a product that we didn't need to make any changes to, but our other some of our other products do, and so we're actually working on about five SKUs at the same time, and you know because we wanted to get our SKU level to a point where it didn't take us one SKU every four months to to launch, and that's more risky. It takes you know it takes more money, and if you have you know don't do it if you're not willing to take the risk. Yeah. You know, yeah, like absolutely. you said, you, you tell people to start with one, and I think that's good advice. Yep, yep. And 
you know, with my background and some of my experience, I felt more comfortable starting with more. Sure. So we have, we're going to have three or four products hit at the end of August that we're going to be launching all at the same time, which will be interesting and happens to be launching at some of the slowest sales yeah. <laughs> sales months in the year, September and October, typically really slow. Yep. So, but it'll give us time, you know, to work on our listings and to get, do our launch strategy and, and whatnot. But anyways, going back to our first product, yeah, we, we shipped it all into Amazon and cost us about 80 cents more a unit to do that. Is our, that what it was? Yeah. Our product is a little bit bigger. Okay, so you you get the product in now. What's your what's your strategy to launch? Like, what did you and and I I know that you know you're in the class and all that stuff, but I mean, so what what did you do uh, in order to get your first you know your first sales? Uh, so we, my brother has a huge network of friends um, and colleagues from his past job, and and uh, the product you know is fun, it's interesting, people like it, and so we we just got twenty people who were interested in it. Said, "Hey, buy this. Will you buy this at full price?" And a lot of them said, "Yeah, you know, we like the product. We'll help you out. We'll do it." And so we we got a list of twenty people together and. The strategy we used was uh, we picked our, our main keyword and said, we need you guys to search for this manually. Nice. And, you know, we told them it's, right now it's on page 60, 61, 62, somewhere around there. It's going to be a lot of scrolling, a lot of clicking, but it will help us out. And so they agreed to do that. And I think those 20 bought within three or four days, you know, it wasn't all at once. Mm-hmm. But man, we started seeing our products shoot up from page 60 to page 14 to page three to page two. And now we're on page one. And I think we're on page one within a week. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It was really, I didn't expect that that kind of result and it was really kind of crazy, but we turned on PPC immediately. We had no reviews. Okay. And And how did that do? It did. It's, I mean, it's going really good. I think our average cost of sell is between four and 5% on our PPC campaigns. Wow, that's really good. And what's what was your campaign strategy? Like, what did you do to set up your first campaign and second campaign, or how did you do that? So I just used an auto campaign at first, and we we're selling so fast that I set up one manual campaign with one keyword that I wanted to go after. Gotcha. And so I haven't I haven't really touched PPC more than that because we don't have we're already out of stock on three of our variations in two weeks. That's crazy. And so, you know, if we're going to run out in 10 days of the rest of rest of them, which, you know, one pro about variations is you can run out of one and not be completely out of stock. You yeah, know, I like that. Still there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's huge. So, OK, so your pay per click is running. It's it's profitable. It's not you're not even basically at a break even or at a no. loss, which I would still say it would have been OK. But um, and your price point um, and I know you have a higher priced item and it's a little bit of is yours an oversized product, too? It's not oversized. It's not no. oversized, but it's a little bit more expensive. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. So, so you know, you're you're. I think you said you started the pricing at like sixty bucks, right? We started the pricing at sixty nine ninety nine. Wow. Okay. And then from there, you started seeing that the sales started to take, or you're getting some some sales organic and and the uh, and do you believe that the keyword the keyword ranking was all because of the manual search that your you know first set of reviewers were were giving you? I don't have the data to back it up. I just have a gut feeling because I didn't test both ways. Sure. But I wanted to see what would happen with Amazon's algorithm if people purchased at full price using a keyword rather than purchase at 
two bucks or three bucks on a discount. Yeah, yeah. And so my gut tells me that that, you know, they, Amazon saw all these full price sales coming in, helped us. And the second part is, I think, turning on PPC immediately and having us convert so well for our main keyword when I pull up our PPC reports is converting very well. I think that also helped helped us stick the landing, so to speak. You know, we could have give we could have had these twenty people buy the product and move the product up in rank, and and then if pe- other people didn't buy it, you know, we would have fallen back down. But with PPC converting like it did, it, it stuck the landing, and we continued to move up. Yeah, no, that's really really good, and I think. Uh... I think you said too that you possibly think you might run out of inventory completely, though, right? Yeah. So <laughs> within a week, you know, that first week, we put place another order with the supplier, and then within two or three days after that, we upped it significantly again. Just be- and I hate I'm a data driven guy. For me to make those kind of decisions on a week's worth of data was mm. hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know? imagine. It, but you know you got to do what you got to do and and i i think that we proved it out enough to justify you know ordering the amount we did on that on that second order hopefully we'll have that in 2 to 3 weeks and we might be only out of stock for a week is what we're hoping. Yeah. And I, I think that you're going to be okay. And I think Rich Kibble has kind of proven that too. I mean, he went completely out of stock, similar story to yours, uh, went completely out of stock for like two weeks and then got his stock back. And he said within two days he was back and running, you know, right where he picked, picked up where he left off. Right. So, uh, you, you'd probably be, be fine. And it seems like you've got a good product and it seems like, uh, you know, you know, the pay-per-click is working. So that's a good sign. And, uh, yeah, I think everything's in place. It's a matter of inventory now, right? Yeah, that, that's that's correct. And and you know, I just want to touch on people just don't see the power of Amazon. You mm. know, I I tell people what I'm doing, and they kind of look at me funny sometimes. But my first business, you know, we were doing like after the first month, I think we did twelve thousand dollars in sales, mm-hmm. and that was with many many SKUs. With one SKU on Amazon, right now in two weeks, we're at just over $20,000. It's insane, right? And it, it's crazy. I mean, find five, ten good SKUs like that, and the scalability is just amazing. Yeah, no, it's it's exciting. It is it is amazing. I think Prime Day, uh, were you live at Prime Day or no? I, no, I wasn't live then. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, it's like, and I, I just uh, I just recorded an episode before this one, uh, and I was talking about Prime Day, and I mean, I didn't do a thing, right? I didn't do anything other than just sit there and just like say, okay, the traffic's going to be higher. I know it is because I heard three commercials as I was sitting here in 15 minutes on TV and everything, and I'm like, it's going to be huge. And, uh, and sure enough, I mean, I almost tripled my sales that day just because the power of their advertising and their platform and they're doing the marketing for us, really, to their platform, that is. And it's a matter of us to get product and SKUs in front of these people that have, you know, have credit cards on file. <laughs> right. I, I mean, people made fun of Prime Day, but look what it did for them. They're probably laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny that people, you know, they I hear mixed things about it. But, I mean, you know, someone in our group, which I won't mention here, one in our class, I mean, he did over 40 grand in one day. Yeah, that's I mean, crazy. If that, doesn't, if that doesn't say that there's some power there... Um, and if that's a bad, if that was a bad day, you know, with Prime Day was like people laughing at it. I mean, forty two k in a day uh, revenue yeah. generated. I mean, that's crazy. So it just goes to show you, it's almost like a, a fire hose, right? I mean, yeah. they can control the flow. 
<laughs> well, and, and it's reversed. Back when I started my other company in 2002, the majority of people would search Google when they started a product search. Now it's either 60 or 70% of people when they are looking for something to buy, they immediately go to Amazon. They Absolutely. skip Google completely. Yep. Yep. No, totally. Totally. I, I agree with that, uh, which is exciting. Um, so, okay. So you've got um, this product up and running. It's doing well. You're going to probably run out. Hopefully you won't. You'll get product in time, but it kind of looks like you've even raised the price to try to slow this thing down a little bit and you found that you're still selling, (laughs) which I've heard so many times and it's happened to myself. So I know that it happens. Um, Sometimes people say it increases, it makes the sales go up even more. Um, You know, Yeah. So we've run out of three variations and our sales are lower due to that because, you know, and when you are ordering multiple variations in size and color, you're taking a wild guess on what's going to sell sure. when you have no data to back it up. And so on one of the sizes, we thought they would sell a lot slower and they didn't. You know, they were selling really, really quickly. And so we just didn't have enough stock on on those variations. But, you know, if you had hindsight's twenty twenty, right, if you could go back and, and look and say, man, I wish I would have ordered more, but it was a risk for me. Sure. Order this product to begin with, you know, I just didn't know. I thought I could have six months of inventory. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah, don't you don't know. know. You don't know. You don't know. And, and again, now, I mean, you validate it. You're starting to get some data, um, and and then from there, you're going to be able to uh, to make those decisions moving forward. And I think coming up fourth quarter, I mean, you know, because you're you've been in the e-commerce space for a while, you you know that fourth quarter usually is going to be a lot better. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fourth quarter starting for us, you know, historically that Black Friday uh, weekend in November is when it really kicks kicks mm-hmm. stuff off. I know it's different for every industry, sure. but for us, it was always Black Friday. You know, we do two or three times the volume that we would normally do and, and Amazon even more. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think Amazon is, is definitely because like you said, I mean, people are going there to do one thing search for product. You know? Yeah. It's Google. You've got traffic. You can look at traffic trends and stuff, but you, you don't know if what they're there for technically, unless it's a specific one, like best garlic press to, you know, whatever, right. um, you know, but in most cases, you know, Amazon's traffic is basically customer traffic, you know, yeah, uh, which is exciting. And, and even as much as I disliked Amazon when I was fighting against them, I would always, you know, order my entire Christmas presents from Amazon. Of course. <laughs> of course you would. Because it's easy, right? Yeah, it's easy. It, you know, it's, it's quick, it's easy. easy. Two days, they got their, I have my stuff, my Christmas shopping's done. Yeah, and I know. It's awesome. Uh, okay, so, uh, all right. So now you've been through the whole process, you validated it. Now you've got another product that's being uh, created actually more of a customized one, right? And is that more right. expensive than the one you're currently selling? No, it, it's not. Um, it, it's less. You okay. Know. So it'll, you know, we'll probably sell that for $39, $49, it, uh, depending on, I think we'll start testing, you know, and just see where it goes. But we have that product coming out and another product that will retail probably at $24.99. And, and then we have one more coming out that'll uh, retail $29.99. And then another one that'll be a little bit higher price. So we're kind of getting a good mix of, of you know, that twenty to forty dollar range, and then a couple of products that will be a little bit higher price. Sure. No, that's a. I think that's a good strategy too, because uh, you can get people let in with the smaller ones, and then to see your other items and all that stuff. So what's interesting too is on one product, you know, we started thinking about it, what we wanted to do, and we were actually able to break out that one product into 
two products, you know, we're selling one product together, but one, you know, one of the products that goes with it, we can sell independently by itself uh, in the same, you know, obviously in the same market we're in and just build our SKUs uh, without having to do any extra work. You know, we're just having to produce some extra parts and we're going to package them up uh, right, right. As, as its own as its own product. And, you know, the data looks really good on that as well. Yeah. I mean, so speaking of data, so like when you're looking at Jungle Scout, like what what are you looking for? I know Greg Mercer in episode 56 kind of went through his kind of criteria, uh, you know, and if anybody hasn't heard that episode, you wanted to check that out, see AmazingSeller.com. Dot com or uh, yeah the amazing seller.com forward slash 56 um, but what's what's kind of like your your criteria that you're looking at I mean reviews you know BSR you know sales units what, what are you looking at so honestly I don't get too turned off by competitive products as long as I feel like there is something different that I, that I can do to my product to make it better and and compete uh, price wise so I if I see some, obviously I don't want to see something that has a thousand reviews for the first 10 products. Right. But you know, if I see four or 500 reviews, that doesn't scare me off. You know, if I, if I feel like I can do a better job than those sellers are doing. And, and I like to look at markets that are deep, you know, that have a lot of depth to them. And so I, I'd like to see at least 10,000 units a month being sold mm-hmm. uh, th- through Amazon, you know, looking at Jungle Scout. And my first product is doing really well. It does have depth, but it was a little bit more of a unique item that wasn't, didn't have the, really didn't have the data to support, you know, the sales numbers we're seeing right now. It was kind of a, kind of a gamble, uh-huh. but, you know, it's something that I had used and seen and liked. And I was like, well, you know, let's, let's try it and see what happens. And, you know, the data in the category was there to support the sales volume. And, you know, I just wasn't sure that people would, you know, take on and, and like the style of what we were selling, but apparently they did. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Now you talk about, you know, making it different customization and stuff. So how do you get ideas that you think you can make it better? Do you look at people's reviews on the other products? I mean, how are you getting these ideas? Is it just something that you kind of come up with? Uh, so what we do, and, and this goes back to brand building too, like when I sold air guns, there is a, a large air gun community. There's lots of air gun forums. People are passionate about what they do. And so one of the criteria is when we wanted to build a brand was we wanted, we wanted there to be a social aspect to it where people were engaging, uh, people were passionate about what we were selling. And, and so we actually will go onto the forums that are related to our products and we'll see what people are talking about. We'll, we'll see what they like, what they don't. And, We'll obviously read reviews as well, but I think you get better ideas by going into some of these forums if they exist. Not all products will have this, but you know, in our market at least, there are a lot of communities online that we can go and interact with and be a part of to kind of glean ideas and see what see what people like and what they don't like, and go from there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's a. I mean, I've kind of heard that throughout the years. I've done that myself, but a lot of people they don't do the work to look and see what the conversations are in yeah. in those types of communities because they will say what they like, what they don't like. They might even be talking about a specific product. You know, I wish it had this or, 
you know, I wish it didn't have this or whatever. And then you can custom tailor or add something, a component or an accessory or whatever. But uh, yeah, I think just listening to the audience. And I mean, like you said, Facebook groups, there's forums, there's all that stuff where people, if you have a, a product that lends itself to a community, which I think you probably should, you know, makes it that much easier. Maybe talk to us a little bit about, because uh, I know some people will be interested in this. I'm interested in it myself. Is okay. So you said you, you set up a Shopify store. Um, and you already got some, you know, a few sales through there. So maybe take us through, like, what was your, your strategy on that? Like you, you had a, you know, did you create the Shopify store first and then your social channels? What kind of social channels are we talking about? And, and did you VA these or, you know, virtual, get in a virtual assistant or did you guys actually man these yourself? Give us a little bit of a background on that stuff. Sure. So, uh, my brother is taking charge of all the social stuff is kind of in his realm. And it's important to find out what social channel your market interacts with the most. Is it Facebook? Is it Twitter? Is it Instagram? Is it Pinterest? Because some will be much better than others. And in our case, it was Twitter and Instagram. And so we did, we did spend some time building out a Facebook group and it just wasn't getting a lot of traction. You know, we, we haven't really tried tried it as much as we should, but we just saw it wasn't getting a lot of traction. So we kind of switched gears and we moved to Instagram and Twitter and Twitter is actually, you know, there's a method that you can use to get Twitter followers fairly quickly, can follow people based on hashtag. And so we would type in the different hashtags that were related to our market and we would follow a thousand people a day. Okay. And a certain percentage of those people that you follow will follow you back. Mm-hmm. And this tool, then in two or three days, you go back in, and anyone who didn't follow you, you unfollow. Okay. So your your follow to follower ratio is good, and so you just do that. It takes a few minutes every day, and you know we're up over a thousand Twitter followers, you know, in a couple of weeks. Wow. And you know, it really, it really doesn't take that much time. And then you can start posting pictures of your product and contests and stuff like that that drive people back to your Shopify site. Uh, and then you know, we started doing Instagram, posting pictures, and and doing the same thing, following people with different hashtags on on Instagram, and we get people to follow us back. And that's where the majority of our traffic is coming from is uh, Twitter and Instagram. And so we kind of built out those channels while we were building out the Shopify store. And like I said before, it's, it's really not that hard to build a Shopify store. If, mm-hmm. you, if you buy a good responsive template, you can create one and do most of the work yourself. And we, we have hired a full-time graphic designer in the Philippines. You know, it costs like $700 a month. Mm-hmm. We had enough going on that we felt like we needed to outsource that part because I'm not a designer. My brother's not a designer. And so we're, she's doing all of our website stuff. She does all of our insert cards and her tags for our products and our illustrations. So we did do that. And, you know, you can. there's plenty of sites out there that you can go and find people uh, in the Philippines or wherever. That, they do really good work. And that, that is, that's definitely, I think, a huge point when you get to that part of your business because uh, definitely, you know, they're expert at what they do, right? I mean, like right. you said, you're not a graphic designer and you don't want to become one right now. So, no. so you know, get it done. I'm interested uh, to hear a little bit more on the Instagram thing, though, because I know a lot of people are starting to talk about this. I'm actually looking into Pinterest, too, because I think Pinterest is becoming something even more powerful. Yeah. But again, your market has to, to lend itself to it. And one of the things that I, I just was hearing, and it's going to be implemented pretty much I don't know whether it's either started or it's going to be is where you're basically gonna be able to buy right inside of Pinterest. 
Um, yeah, I think they've already baited. They're already doing a beta on that, and and I think it's by invite only right now is what I heard. But yeah. you're right, and I haven't looked into Pinterest a lot yet. And Pinterest again, this is getting is, tons of traffic. But again, yeah. it's got to be the right market, um, you know, for your product. And obviously, if you're catering to teenagers, it might not be Pinterest. You know, right. it might be Instagram because Instagram seems more of a younger generation. I know my son who's, you know, 17. I mean, he's Instagram and not even so much Twitter. He's more Instagram and the Snapchat stuff. And you know what I mean? Like that's like that younger crowd, you know? And again, it depends on your product and and what you're going after. Uh, But I think a lot of products could lend themselves to Pinterest too, which Pinterest is just growing leaps and bounds. And they're starting to have more advertising on the platform. They're starting to have where you can then literally have like almost like a buy button right inside of it. So you're having like a a place for them to actually buy inside of Pinterest, not even leaving the site to go over to your Amazon's uh, listing. Right. Yeah. Crazy. I, think, I think that'll be big. Big. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Instagram. Yeah, I can, Instagram. I don't have experience on Pinterest yet. And that's something that's on our to-do list. But it, it, it again comes down to your branding and you're making an emotional connection to the people you're selling to. Sure. And Instagram does that well because it's so visual. Sure. And, and I can't speak to all the details of, of Instagram because that's my business partner, you know, his realm and and what he works on. But, you know, we, the key to Instagram is having good content and having good photos. And, uh, you can also partner with people We're we're going to partner with a, a big Instagram account who's going to do a shout out for us to, you know, they'll advertise for us and, and hopefully we'll get some follows through that and some traffic to our website a lot of these big Instagram accounts, you know, they'll, they'll charge you for that. And, but some of them, you know, that maybe have 20 or 25,000 followers you can do with free product or some other kind of partner opportunity that you can partner with those guys and, and get your message out to all of their followers pretty easily. Yeah, no, I think a giveaway would be great for that too. And, and then they're going to be able to look yep. really good in front of their audience. You're giving away a product and, I mean, but like you said, I mean, even if you have an Instagram account and, you know, you did have to pay a small fee for that, it would be worth it. You know, again, depending on the ROI, but you wouldn't know until you tried it. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. But uh, I'm going to be talking uh, a bit more on that in the upcoming uh, months. I've got a couple of people I've got my eye on that I've already reached out to to be a guest on the show. So we'll probably end up having them on to uh, to further educate ourselves on that, because I think it's a, it's a definitely a strategy we should be looking into, but definitely not until you're you know through the first stages and, and to right. me where you're focusing on getting sales getting reviews and then you know just repeating that process yeah don't take your eye off the prize for sure yeah I mean, amazon is is where you're going to see the best results the fastest yeah and you know follow the steps that you've outlined and you know if you picked a good product you're gonna you're gonna win yeah it's, it's just not that complicated it's not rocket science just be smart about it and and you know, look what can happen in from a product launch day one to two weeks to twenty thousand dollars in sales is it just amazes me. Yeah, really, it's exciting, definitely exciting. Well, hey Scott, I want to thank you again for taking the time uh, from your day and uh, and sharing your uh, your journey. Uh, thanks for uh, for again being a, a, a great. Uh, I guess inspiration as well to my listeners, but also to people in the class, because again, uh, the ones that are in the class right now that are getting these results and sharing them, it really does inspire everyone. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, it's worked for you as well. So, um, I just want to thank you for coming on, taking the time, outlining it. We'll be following up with you for sure. 
because uh, you got some big things going. I think we're going to be those that twenty thousand number will be small when we look back on this episode. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, is there any parting uh, advice you'd like to give anyone that's either just starting or maybe ha- that's frustrated in the process? Yeah, you know, just real quick, I think people have a tendency to doubt themselves, and and Arnold Schwarzenegger love him or hate him, has been successful in whatever he's done. And he's, he, I watched a video or something a long time ago that kind of stuck with me, kind of his six principles for success. Uh, number one, he says, trust yourself. Number two, he says, break some rules. Number three, don't be afraid of failure. Number four, ignore the naysayers. Five, work your butt off. And six, give back. And I've kind of tried to model what I'm doing based on those six principles because I think they are sound. And I, and I think if you follow those six sim- simple principles, you'll be successful in what you do. Yeah, I love Arnold too, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll be back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just just keep pushing, man. There's a lot of hurdles with this. Yes. There'll be a lot of hurdles that you have to overcome. And and don't get discouraged. Just fight through them, push through them. You know, a lot of times at 2 or 3 a.m. when you're chatting with people in China on Skype, you might be like, is this worth it? But just keep your eye on the prize and, and know what the end, what your end game is. And, and the, that hard work will pay off. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So awesome advice, Scott. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure everyone is uh, is really glad that you came on and shared your story. And uh, you're an inspiration. And uh, I, I believe that you're going to, just by hearing your story, could be that light bulb that went off when maybe you went back and you listened to one of my episodes and you're like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so yeah. hopefully we can do that for, for at least one person. I'm sure it'll be more, but hopefully we can do it for just one and uh, it'll be a success. And I just wanted to thank you again, Scott, for all your hard work that you put in. You give a lot to the community and you build a community that I think cares about each other's success. You know, they are there to help people. That classroom that I'm in, you know, you can chat anybody in the group and and get some advice and get feedback from them. So having a support system around you is important to being successful as well. And and what you've built has, has given a lot of people that. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I do, I do agree with that. I think a support system is, is key. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just surrounding yourself with like-minded people, because like you said, you mentioned it to some people that you're hanging out with and they're like, what are you, what are you talking about? I don't get it. You know, it just, it just doesn't make sense. And you can't force people to make sense. Right. I mean, if they're not interested in it, but when you can have people that are surrounded that you're kind of like waiting to see what happened with this last test or this last thing, or maybe you had a problem that you're like, what do I do in this, this situation? It's never happened to me before. And then you jump in and go, Oh, I did it. And this is what I did to, to get around that. So it's huge, right. yep. but I appreciate it, Scott. And I will see you in class and, uh, keep it up, man. And, uh, I'll be following up with you. I'm sure in the future. Thanks Scott. Appreciate you for having me on. All right. No problem, man. Take care. Okay, so there you have it, right? I mean, awesome, awesome interview. Scott, thank you so much again for uh, doing that. Uh, It really, really does help for people to see the inner workings of what it takes and just different, again, a different ways of doing things. Like, you know, Scott comes from a different background, so he had, you know, maybe other resources that he could pull from. So there's really not one exact way to do it. There's different ways that you can do it. And I think Scott has illustrated that, uh, but really, really good stuff in this particular episode. So, uh, yeah, awesome, awesome job. Uh, once again, I want to remind anyone that is listening to this, either if you have not attended one of my live workshops or if you have, and you wanted to come back and attend another one, I'm doing another one and you can register for that at the amazing forward slash workshop. Now, if you're listening to this a month from now, 
that link will still be live and the next one will be available. You'll see the most recent date and then you can register for that one. What I do on these workshops is a couple things. One is I teach the five phases that I used in the beginning and what I still currently use for picking products, sourcing products, uh, doing a pre-launch and then from there doing a launch and then doing a promotional phase. All of that stuff I teach on this live workshop. The other thing that I do is I answer live Q&A at the end and a lot of people will come back to these even if they already came to one for the live Q&A. This is where I answer questions live. This is not a recording and there is not a recording available to this. I do this live and I do that for people that show up live because I want to reward them with answering their questions live. So if you want to attend the next live workshop, you're going to want to head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to do what? Come on, say it with me. Let's say it together. Take action. Have an amazing day and I'll see you in the next episode.